With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Switch to Sprint Unlimited Basic, featuring TV from Hulu and 500 megabytes of mobile hotspot. Plus, for a limited time, get five lines for only $120 per month. Hurry to a Sprint store or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Offer ends 8-16-18 after 131-2020. Pay $32 per month per line for five lines without a pay. One Hulu limited commercial plan for eligible Sprint account. MHS reduced to 3G speeds after 500 megabytes per month. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new lines. Subject to credit and three activation fee. Video streams up to 480p. Speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Finsider Radio. This is MC Money. I'm joined by Houts MD and certain the creepy soccer dad is out on vacation this week. He is taking his vacation time and we are going to dock his pay effective immediately. But Houts, we have a lot to get to tonight. We have to talk about the Bobby McCain contract extension that just came through on Friday. We're going to talk about the Miami Dolphins signing the rookies. We're going to talk about the cap space the Dolphins received after June 1st. We're going to talk about a little fun thing with Albert Wilson challenging Kenny Stills and Jakeem Grant to a race. And basically just wrapping up the latest session of the Miami Dolphins OTAs as we creep closer and closer to training camp and the start of the 2018 NFL season. But first, let's get straight to it. Bobby McCain signing a four-year contract extension worth $27 million. The specifics have not come out in terms of guarantees and all of that good stuff, but that information will be coming out by the next time we record our next podcast. But Bobby McCain has played in all 48 games of his three-year NFL career. Remember, he came into the league in 2015. All with the Miami Dolphins, he's totaled 111 tackles, 84 of them solo, two sacks, three interceptions, 17 passes defense and one forced fumble. In 2017, this past season, he played in all 16 games with seven starts and set several career highs, including 45 tackles, two interceptions, and seven passes defense. McCain, an original fifth-round draft pick, 145th overall by Miami in the 2015 NFL Draft, and on June 1st, 2018, he became the highest-paid slot cornerback in the National Football League. What a tremendous story. What a tremendous achievement for a guy like McCain to come all that way and to really come around and now making all this money very well-deserved, none to say the least. When you look at pro football focus and you look at their grades, again, as just a disclaimer, the Miami Dolphins do not use these grades. 
They do not subscribe to PFF. They have their own system. But plenty of NFL teams around the league do, in fact, use PFF. Bobby McCain, number 46th ranked cornerback overall. And I say overall because this takes into account the boundary cornerbacks, not just the slot cornerbacks. Overall coverage grade of 80.1. A run defense grade of 81. A pass rush grade of 61.5. Total snaps, 664. Coverage snaps, 427. Run defense snaps, 200. Pass rush snaps, 237. I'm sorry, 37. So for that, you know, going into that, you know, looking at those grades, Right there with, with everyone else in the league in terms of right where you need to be in terms of a slot cornerback. And I think it's a great move for the Miami Dolphins to lock Bobby McCain up one year early before he hits free agency. We're going to talk about this strategy in just a little bit, but I just want to get your initial thoughts on this signing. Yeah, I know you mentioned the guaranteed money wasn't quite out yet, but I think, uh, I don't know, I haven't really been on social media a lot. I haven't really seen the the details, but I know Bleacher Report sent me a uh, notification on my phone that said it was $13 million guaranteed. So uh, I'm not sure if that's an official number, but I'm going to take that for, for what it is. So Bobby McCain got a nice lucrative deal. Uh, it's really nice to see that the Dolphins are finally, you know, rewarding their own. You bring in guys like TJ McDonald, he looks good in shorts and OTAs and minicamp. And they gave him an extension. You got Kiko Alonso after that trade. They give him an extension. Andre Branch has a good year. They give him an extension. And we see guys like Landry Walk, Olivier Vernon, Lamar Miller. You see all these guys the Dolphins drafted, whether right or wrong. They just never saw a second contract in Miami. So you got a guy here, Bobby McCain. Uh, year after year, you see these NFL offenses evolve. You realize how important that nickel spot is uh, to have a guy that can go in there and just, you know, pretty much shut down the slot receiver. Just do it everything. And, I mean, we saw uh, different reporters, different beat writers come out throughout this uh, these last two weeks of OTAs, and they said Bobby McCain might have a bigger workload. Bobby McCain might become a boundary corner. And then you see this new deal. I think you said four years, $27 million. I mean, he's getting paid big money. I think the Dolphins expect big things out of him, as they should. And, I mean, you ran off those PFF stats. You said the Dolphins, they don't take him into account the same way some other teams might. But – at the end of the day, Pro Football Focus, they do a hell of a job with what they do. They they watch and study each snap. They have several people, as we heard. Uh, I think Ryan Smith came on here and he talked about it a little bit. They they watch each and every snap, several guys. And, I mean, they do the work. And you see Bobby McCain, one of the better corners in the NFL in 2017. Uh, you hope to see him, you know, live up to that contract and continue to evolve in 2018. But at the end of the day, I mean, uh, you got to be excited for Bobby McCain. You got to be excited for this Miami Dolphins defense particularly the, the secondary. I mean, you got now him out there with Xavier Howard. Uh, Tankersley looked good. You, you brought in Minka Fitzpatrick, Rashad Jones, TJ McDonald. I mean, that secondary is going uh, to be tough tough to compete with. And to have a guy like Bobby McCain locked down, I know some people said, okay, Minka, he can come down and play in the nickel. Maybe Bobby McCain's uh, not quite a guy you might extend, and then this comes out. So I'm real happy for Bobby McCain. I think he deserves it, and I'm excited to see what he does in 2018 and beyond with the Miami Dolphins. I just want to make a clarification on my grades that I threw out there. Um, I was a little off on some. Let me just repeat them again. Overall grade, 80.1. Coverage grade was 81. Run defense was 61.5. Pass rush was 50.7. Total snaps, 664. Coverage snaps, 427. Run defense snaps, 200. Pass rush snaps, 37. Again, 46 ranked overall amongst all cornerbacks throughout the NFL. 
how the Miami Dolphins have gotten a lot of flack and criticism over the past several years when they let their pending free agents play out their contract year. And when they hit the market, they're too expensive for the Dolphins to keep. We saw this play out with Olivia Vernon. We saw a play out with Lamar Miller. We saw a play out with Jarvis Landry most recently. But now, in the past few years, they re-signed Kiko Alonso early. They locked up TJ McDonald in training camp. And now they're locking up Bobby McCain early. So it's a fine line here, Houts, when you're looking at what the Dolphins have done in the past and gotten criticism for and what the Dolphins have also done in the recent past and have also gotten criticism for, for two opposite things. They got criticism for letting Vernon walk, Miller walk, and Landry walk because they didn't do enough to keep them before they entered their final year of their contract. And they were criticized for not having the foresight to project the player and how well they would do in their contract year. They have been also criticized for locking up Kiko too early, for locking up TJ McDonald too early. And now you have this out there with Bobby McCain. So what's going to make me and other fans think that Dolphins are making the right move here? Yeah, that's a good question, man. I mean, you you said it yourself. You got the Kiko, you got the McDonald, you got Branch, you got those guys who, you know, they came in, they had one good year. Uh, maybe played above expectations and they jumped on. They tried to sign him for market value, maybe slightly under, a little bit slightly over. And they got criticized because some of those players didn't perform last season, whether it be for, you know, a scheme fit. Uh, you know, Kiko, he wasn't really intended. He wasn't really intended on playing that middle spot that he did. And uh, they were kind of hoping Raekwon would fill that void. And then, you know, first game preseason, he goes down and Kiko's thrown back in there. Uh TJ McDonald, a guy suspended for half the season, comes in, has communication issues with Rashad Jones and Andre Branch. He was had a nagging injury all throughout the year. So, I mean, that's one way to look at it. You, you can't really justify those contracts when you got these guys who aren't playing up to expectations. But at the same time, you got to factor in why they're not playing up to those expectations. Uh, ultimately, for me, you look at Lamar Miller. You saw Jay Ajayi step up when Ajayi got traded. Kenyon Drake stepped up. You got Kalen Balaj, you got uh, Frank Gore, you got these different guys who are going to come in and, you know, make Lamar Miller. It, it is what it is. It's okay now. A lot of us were upset when it happened, uh, but now it is what it is. And then you said it best, Jarvis Landry. I mean, he's a guy who a lot of us wanted to sign, but he's making top five money right now, and I don't know that anybody would say that he's worth that. So, I mean, you got these guys that you brought in on the Bolo Wilson. You know, Kenny Stills is going to step up. You hope Devontae Parker does it. So I don't think that's going to be quite an issue. At the end of the day, you'd like to see the Dolphins, you know, have that happy medium. If you bring in this free agent, you sign them on a low deal or you, you get good value in a trade for them and they come and perform, you'd like to reward them. But at the same time, you can't overpay. Uh, I don't think you'd like to see your team at any point, you know, go out there and sign a guy to some lucrative deal based off of what you see in OTAs. And lastly, and most importantly, when you draft these players, these guys who, you know, a fifth round pick like Bobby McCain, comes in, works his ass off, continues to get better each and every year. Uh, one of the higher-rated corners by pro football focus, one of the best nickel corners in the NFL. Uh, you'd like to see him get rewarded, and that's what good teams do. I know the money and the salary cap do be, cause problems here and there, but at the end of the day, if you got a young player, a talented player who goes out there and performs each and every day, continues to get better, you got to foresee that. And if you know, you can sit there and wait till their last year of their deal, but they're going to want big money, as we saw with Landry as we saw with some of these other guys. So I'm excited that the Dolphins, you know, finally saw some foresight, saw that Bobby McCain was going to continue to get better, as we all hope, and 
had his best season last year uh, with Matt Burke, with that scheme, and you just hope he gets better, and you hope the Dolphins continue to pay their own because that's how good teams stay good. Bobby McCain is the ultimate symbol of consistency. When you look at his PFF grades this past season, sometimes you see big swings between guys. They'll have a great few positive games, then a few negative games, and it swings wildly on on either side of the spectrum. But Bobby McCain, very consistent, right around the uh, 0.0 range to 1.0 range overall. If he does get into the minus, it doesn't get past minus 2. Actually, the lowest was minus 1.2, and the highest was 3.7, but that's the outlier. Really, the highest there is, when you take that out, 0.8. So when you look at that overall, you may say, well, why isn't he having even better games? But for me, that's saying that you know exactly what you're going to get with Bobby McCain, and you know exactly what's going to happen when he steps on the field. And you know Adam Gase loves that. Adam Gase wants that to happen. He wants the guys to go in and plug and play. He wants the guys to be on the field. And he wants to know that he can rely on them week in and week out. And that is exactly what Bobby McCain is. And I am looking forward to seeing Bobby McCain in a Dolphins uniform contract extension through 2022. Young player. He should be able to get another contract after this one. As long as he keeps going and keeps trending upwards as the Dolphins are projecting him to be. Another player the Dolphins are very high on is offensive guard Jesse Davis. And yes, I said offensive guard Jesse Davis. Because Jesse Davis confirming with many the other day by telling the media that Adam Gase has told him he is the starting right guard until further notice, which basically means it is his job to lose. And Jesse Davis filled in admirably last year for Juwan James at right tackle and also played quite a few games at right guard as well when the Dolphins offensive line was shuffling. He played right guard weeks 12 through 17. He played right tackle weeks 10 and 11, left guard week 8 and 9, also weeks 2 through 4, right tackle also week 6, and left tackle week 7, right tackle week 10. So let's look at Jesse Davis. When he was being moved around the offensive line, left guard, right tackle, left tackle, left guard, right tackle, a lot of negative grades according to pro football focus, as low as minus 4.3 but many in the range of minus two to minus three. It wasn't until he got settled in at right guard where he started to trend in the other direction. Yes, the first three games, negatives. But after that, he had a positive two against Buffalo, a positive 0.1 against Kansas City, and then a minus 0.3 against Buffalo in week 17. So you can see that consistency starting to get there a little more and a little more as he got settled in. And Houts, I think it's only going to help Jesse Davis, as well as the rest of the offensive line, that he's going to have a solidified role going into training camp with the remaining OTAs, with the mini camps, and knowing exactly what he's going to be asked to do at the right guard position. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I'm no offensive line guru. I think that was our boy Sutton. I know he was a big fan of Bushrod and talked about him often, but I mean – this is big. The Dolphins, they've been playing that kind of, uh, you know, just plug and play for the last decade, it seems, on the offensive line. Primarily at guard, it was a position that they really didn't seem to value too much. Uh believe they drafted Asiata last year, kind of didn't really live up to expectations. Uh, they just haven't had that guy that stepped into that position. I mean, that's why I saw him go out and fork out a decent amount of money for veteran Josh Sitton. So, I mean, at the end of the day, 
Uh, guard is a huge, huge need for this team uh, to see a guy like Jesse Davis come along. I mean, you say you said it your best. I mean, he filled in there for Jawan James last year, did a pretty damn good job. He, he's a strong, powerful offensive lineman. You know, he's he does all the grunt work and he does what you want to see from a, a guard. And uh, he's powerful. He continues to get better. And I think you, you touched on it and said it best. I mean, this guy is going to be out there in training camp. Uh, OTAs, things like that. He's going to, you know, get that chemistry with the guys beside him. You got Kilgore at center this season. Uh, James on the other side. He's going to continue to get better, uh, continue to progress. And if the Dolphins can get Jesse Davis to be a suitable offensive guard, uh, that offensive line could be one of the best we've seen in years, definitely in the Ryan Tannehill era. So I'm excited to see because at the end of the day, offensive line, defensive line, that's where football's won nowadays. They don't always get the credit that or the glory, you know, the stats or press conferences, things like that. But at the end of the day, that's the way the game is won. And to see a guy like Jesse Davis step up and it appears to, you know, finally come into his own and, and be that guy that the Dolphins need to be, it's pretty exciting. And you just kind of hope he continues to to continues on the right path because if, if he can be a suitable right guard, like I said, this team is going to be pretty damn good in 2018. Starting offensive line, heading into training camp, left tackle, Laramie Tunsil, left guard, Sitting center Kilgore, right guard Jesse Davis, right tackle Jawan James. It's going to be great for all of them to work together and build chemistry with Ryan Tannehill. And it's going to be great to have a center that's able to practice every day instead of Mike Pouncey, who only practiced one day a week. Certainly, that had a negative impact on the offensive line. I'm looking for great big things from the offensive line this coming season. More great things for the Miami Dolphins that they are hoping to see on the field this season in addition to their offensive line, in addition to Bobby McCain trending upwards, is their rookie class. And the Miami Dolphins on Friday announced that they have signed four of their 2018 draft picks. Safety Mika Fitzpatrick, cornerback Cornell Armstrong, linebacker Quentin Poling, who was on our show a few weeks ago, and kicker Jason Sanders. Miami Dolphins have four draft picks to sign. It should not take much longer to do so. Of course, Fitzpatrick, Miami's Dolphins' number one pick overall at number 11, played in 42 games with 38 starts as a three-year starter at Alabama. As a junior in 2017, he won the Chuck Bednarik Award as the nation's top defensive player and the Jim Thorpe Award as the nation's top defensive back. Became just the third player in NCAA history to win both awards, joining cornerbacks Charles Woodson and Patrick Peterson. He was a unanimous All-American and first-team All-SEC selection. Cornell Armstrong, a Miami Dolphins sixth-round pick, number 209 overall. Lettered four years and started three at Southern Miss. Played in 47 games with 40 starts and total four passes defense. He was named honorable mention All-Conference USA as a senior last season and made the Conference USA All-Freshman team in 2014. Quentin Poling selected number 227 overall in the seventh round. Four-year starter at Ohio University where he started 50 games and finished his career as the school's all-time leader in solo tackles, 217, and tackles for a loss, which it came in at 44. He earned first-team All-Mac honors as a senior in 2017 as a junior in 2016, surpassing 100 tackles in each season. Poling was also a two-time team captain. And Jason Sanders, the kicker, the seventh-round pick and number 229 overall, Four-year letterman at New Mexico, where he played in 50 games. Set school records for consecutive extra points made at 81 and most 50-plus yard field goals at four. As a senior last season, he played in all 12 games and was 10 of 15 in field goals. 
perfect 28 for 28 on extra points, and his 81.3 touchback percentage was the third in the nation. Outs, a right of virtue in the NFL for rookies to sign their contracts. It's not big news, but it is good to see them under contract, which means they will be able to participate fully moving forward in all, all other OTAs, mini camps, and training camp. Your thoughts, if any, on these signings? Yeah, I'm just happy because, like you said, I mean, years past, I mean, until his rookie pay scale was into play, I mean, we just sat here and we watched these guys, you know, take months to sign some of them. So, I mean, you look at Minka's deal, four years, $16.4 million, $10 million signing bonus. I mean, it's just crazy how far the league's come. And, I mean, it's but it's for the better because you got guys like I remember Sam Bradford, he became the highest-paid quarterback, and I don't think he's still anywhere near worth that money he made that first year. So, I mean, or that first rookie season. So, it's just crazy how far along we've come. And, I mean, we kind of all thought, you know, this June 1st cap money that we got, uh, that was when the Dolphins were going to look towards signing those uh, rookies and some of our own, like Bobby McCain. So I think it's awesome. I think we're going to see those other four guys locked up sooner or later. And like you said, I mean, getting them on the field the sooner throughout mini camps, things like that, it's going to pay dividends towards, uh, you know, the 2018 season and these players' progression. So I'm happy to see it. And uh, let's go. I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick, get him out there as soon as we can. Minka Fitzpatrick getting rave reviews in practice, led one of the OTAs and in interceptions thus far. And he is going to be a force to be reckoned with on the field this coming season. I know how it's, I'm very excited to see him and whatever he has to offer for the Miami Dolphins. And I think he's going to be one hell of a player. Chris Mortensen tweeting out the other day that the Miami Dolphins got an absolute steal in number 11. And there is no doubt in my mind that the Dolphins did in fact get a steal. I still can't believe he fell all the way to number 11 for the Dolphins. Yeah, it was incredible. I think we were all happy to see it happen. Been in. Uh, we're anxious to see him, you know, go to the field and be opposite of Rashad Jones because that could be one of the better safety tandems in the NFL if things work out the way they should. And one thing that may or may not work out with the Miami Dolphins is Albert Wilson, who the Dolphins signed to a nice contract this offseason based on limited action with the Kansas City Chiefs. However, Albert Wilson making a promise in a way and sort of a challenge to Kenny Stills and Jakeem Grant and actually everybody else on the team. Helts, walk us through what Albert Wilson said and implied with his latest comments. Yeah, I mean, it's something that we've seen, uh, you know, throughout social media. A lot of people are talking about it. Uh, But he was asked, you know, do you believe you're the fastest player on the Dolphin? And he just came out and said, definitely. I think he went on and said that he would, you know, race those guys. The Jakeem Grant with his 4.3840, the Kenny Stills with his 4.3840. Uh, Kenyon Drake with his 4.4540. I mean, those are guys that are probably the fastest on the team. And he came out and said, you know, uh, I'm Albert Wilson. I'm this new guy in town, but I'll go out there and I'll I'll race these guys. I'm confident I can beat them. And he said he'd do it in front of the media. So, I mean, Albert Wilson ran a 4.43. You mentioned it. He had limited action with the Chiefs. But every time that ball was in his hands, I mean, you see it throughout OTAs. These beat writers are tweeting out that he's just making play after play. So, I mean, you got to be excited for him and his speed. But, I mean, to see – to see a guy go out there, just keep join the team and, you know, come right out. I'm definitely the fastest player. And if you need me to show you, I have no problem racing these other guys in front of the media. It's pretty cool. I don't know if it'll happen. I mean, I'd rather not see our four, some of our four best players offensively go out <laughs> yeah. and race each other, you know, this early in the mini camps and such. But I think it's a cool thing. And, you know, it's just it's just going to continue to push one another. And I think that's what's best for, for players to move forward. I mean, competition is what – ultimately gets these players to to where they are and uh, to see these guys go out there and, you know, whether it's a friendly 
banter or what it may become. I mean, they're going to push one another, and, and that's what you want to see out of this Dolphins and this new culture, so to speak. I, too, would absolutely hate to see those yeah. guys race, and then all of a sudden you have one of them tear their ACL or pull the hamstring, and that is the end of it. And, you know, we all know how that goes, right? That's and, the Dolphins. <laughs> and it would be the Miami Dolphins, absolutely, for that to happen. Speaking of wide receivers, Devontae Parker causing a little bit of a stir on social media this past week when he started replying to tweets about him. Uh, I can't remember exactly who tweeted at him or tweeted to him or tweeted with his name in it, and Devontae searched it, saw it, replied to it, and this was on the heels of him rejecting Chris Chambers' advice and guidance to come work out with him. Is Devontae Parker ever going to grow into the player that many thought he could be coming out of Louisville? Oh, man, that's an open-ended question. That's something I think we all wish we could answer, but we really can't. Uh, I think the guy that he responded to was uh, Lit Fins. I know he's a guy that's pretty uh, out there on social media, Dolphins Twitter. I think he said something about maybe Devontae Parker not being in shape or something like that, and Parker responded. But, I mean, this is a guy who we all see number one potential in. I mean, he has – the size, the speed, you know, the route running, the ability to high point the football when it's in the air. Uh, he can do it all when he wants to, and we're just waiting and hoping anxiously that this guy's going to take that next step. I mean, last year you heard throughout training camps, you know, this guy was going to be some juggernaut. This was going to be his breakout year, and it just never happened. And I think uh, one of the writers wrote an article about how the Dolphins are kind of being a little bit more reserved and not really going out there on social media or talking to the press and saying, you know, this guy's going to have a breakout year because of what it did to Devontae last season. I think they gave him uh, expectations that he couldn't quite live up to. Uh, but at the end of this, the guy with big play potential, I know they picked up his uh, fifth-year option. So I believe he's in Miami, what, through next season? Uh, I'm not quite sure. But either way, it's time for him to yeah. break out. Uh, with Landry gone, this guy needs to start seeing more targets. And you kind of hope with Ryan Tannehill back that they can bring out the best in him. So. Uh, I don't know if Devontae Park will ever live up to his hype or his expectation, but I sure as I hope he does because he has the talent to be a great player. He just needs to put it all together. We'll see if that happens this coming season. I know the Dolphins are hopeful that his talent shines through when he becomes the player that everyone thinks he can be. Another quick thing that we're going to talk about here is the burner account for Byron Maxwell. And I had to mention this the other day after the heels of the reports of Colangelo from the Philadelphia 76ers and all his burner accounts and him getting caught on that. So I tweeted out something very innocently um, or not so innocently that I was 100% convinced that I was being followed by burner accounts of Miami Dolphins executives. And I'm still convinced to that. I have over 6,000 followers. Actually, yes, 6,600 followers. And there is no way that the Miami Dolphins do not know about my account just based off everything that has happened over the years. In that same tweet, I said, and I'm pretty sure that I interacted with Byron Maxwell's burner account. And it was back in September of 2017. And I had just, I didn't even tweet at anybody. And I forgot when it was, but I had tweeted at lots of yelling directed at Byron Maxwell today for miscommunication, only a matter of time before Werner takes over for, for him. And then an account by the name of at boss 18 bill and named bill boss says replied a little later and said, it seems like y'all making the scapegoat for all that goes wrong with the defense. And then he later replied, 
So you thought X played a great game, speaking of Xavier Howard. To me, it looks like the DC, which is defensive coordinator, didn't do a great job of calling the game. And then me, I wrote, I mean, Maxwell missed quite a few assignments. And then he replied, do you know that with 100% certainty, because you see Rashad Jones jumping around like a maniac. And then I finally replied, relax, Byron. I was just pointing out a stat. And then he wrote, that's funny. Definitely this ain't Byron. No KD situation over here. But answer the question, do you think that's the reason they lost? And I said, no. Maxwell's not the reason they lost. The offense was pathetic. Um, this was also following a tweet where I said, per PFF Miami, Byron Maxwell was targeted five times in coverage and allowed four receptions for 64 yards, most on the team for both. Then he replied, and a forced fumble. So you really think giving up 64 yards was the difference with them winning or losing? Why is he the whipping boy? When you look at this profile again, at Boss18Bill, you can clearly see, and he hasn't tweeted, uh, it looks like, since September 25th, 2017, which is when I last tweeted at him. So it looks like this account has not tweeted since March 11th, 2017. But if you look at that profile, you can see clearly he is just responding to everything about Byron Maxwell, dating back to his days with the Eagles. He has liked things with Byron Maxwell in it. He has liked things with when people were tweeting at Byron Maxwell. And, you know, this is a totally separate account. Well, I think how what really got me a little irked. Not really irked. I mean, it's Twitter. I don't really care. But NFL Retweet posted something from 12up.com. And they credited someone else in the article for finding Byron Maxwell's burner account when I was the first one on Twitter to point it out. So, you know, that is what it is. I just want to throw that out there. But, you know, thoughts, how it's on the whole burner account thing. Colangelo, Maxwell, executives for the Dolphins having burner accounts. Listen, I do PR for a school district. I have a burner account to monitor the activity within the schools just to make sure there's no threats or anything crazy that's being planned. So for you, how it's, you know, what are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, I think that's crap that you didn't get credit for that. I mean, I didn't really realize you had that interaction with him. And it clearly sounds like if it's not Byron Maxwell, it's a close family member, you know, maybe his significant other's father or mother. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of these players, a lot of these, uh, you know, administrative play, uh, people in the higher rankings of some of these NFL teams, they definitely have burner accounts. Uh, it's a way to go out there and, you know, interact, as you saw with the Sixers. Uh, GM or whomever it was, he went out there and he interacted with the players in a negative way, and it's going to come back and bite him, I think, in the end. But uh, these guys, they want to go out there and see what you know is being said, maybe not from their their viewpoint. So it, it's something that's that's definitely out there. I think a lot of uh, whether we want to admit it or not, some of us might have burner accounts. I, I know I have several different Twitter accounts that I was going to once start a website for whatever reason that I, <laughs> I go on when someone blocks me or, or says something negative. I want to see, you know, if they're still talking shit or I go on there to, you know, try to get fantasy winnings back if need be. So, I mean, <laughs> we all, have, we all have burner accounts. It's just, it's just who we are. But when you see some of these, you know, higher officials up there in, in NFL teams or NBA franchises, it's pretty crazy. I mean, this guy is going to ultimately cost him his job. Uh, but as far as Byron Maxwell thing, that definitely sounds like him, and and they should have given you credit because that sounds like some crap. Yeah, it is what it is. I'm not going to lose some sleep over it. I lose enough sleep over work and my job right now, so I'm not going to let that bother me any more than it really has, which is very minimal. It was just kind of in passing where I just said, "Give me credit," you know, whatever. It's Twitter. 
I'm not going to get all worked up over it. I know plenty of you submitted questions to Finsider Radio this week. However, my mentions blow up, and especially today when I tweeted out the Bobby McCain extension, my mentions blew up. So for me to go back and look through all my mentions and notifications is quite impossible. Uh, the list is quite long. Uh, so I'm sorry if you did ask a question and I didn't see it or I don't see it because I'm not going to go through all my mentions and notifications again. Point. When you tr ask a question to Finsider Radio to be answered on the air here, use the hashtag Finsider Radio. It's an easily searchable hashtag. I can search for it. I can see all the tweets that directed at it. And we can answer your questions here on the air. So please use hashtag Finsider Radio. All right, Hals, anything else before we wrap up tonight's show? All right, well, you bring up that, uh, you know, these guys need to use the hashtag and give us some more questions so we can uh, read them on the air. Maybe remember to go back on the Finsider and look at the random thread that was put up on Tuesday. Uh, we do have one question. It's from Dolphin for Life. He asks, given the talk of successful offenses and all the movement at quarterback in the AFC East, how would you rank the running back and wide receiver situations in the AFC East? Well, I mean, on paper, it you know, the Patriots are the Patriots. Um, the Jets, I want to put them up there. The Bills, I mean, LaShawn McCoy is a great talent, so you have to put him at the top there. Their receiver situation doesn't scare me. The Patriots receivers are good because they have that specific scheme where they get underneath the, the defenders. But I think it's way too early to start answering any of these questions until we start seeing these guys really in training camp, the preseason, and the first few weeks of the regular season. So Dolphin for life, I'm not trying to avoid your question. I just think it's too early right now to say anything definitively because we all know how it goes when you start looking good in, in OTAs and mini camps, and then all of a sudden the games start and you look completely different. Just remember, Legade uh, Nanu or Nani, I even forget his name. But remember, he was the MVP of training camp several years ago. And once the pads came on and the lights came on, he completely disappeared. So way too early. We'll just have to wait and see. I think Omar Kelly is Legadunini's uh, burner account. Oh, yeah. I think so, too. <laughs> I think so, too. All right. The Miami Dolphins getting back together June 5th through June 7th for their mandatory mini camp, And that's really when things are going to start to pick up. Then they'll break and they'll get back together June 11th through 14th for their OTA workouts. That will be their final OTA workouts until training camp begins in mid-July. So, again, we're creeping up. We're getting closer and closer. Before you know it, it's going to be football season here in September. Anything else, Houts? Nope. Let's get football going. I mean, that's that's a huge break in between there, so... Uh, we think these, you know, these two OTAs and then a break is is tough. Wait till we hit that, you know, mid June to July. That's going to be a rough spot. But uh, I think we're all excited that football is getting closer and closer. Uh, enjoy your vacations. Enjoy uh, spend time with the family now because once football season starts, as you know, these Dolphins are going to occupy your life, and whether they win or lose on Sunday, that's going to dictate the rest of your week. So as much as we want football season to come, let's just remember uh, enjoy enjoy the good things in life because once Dolphins football comes good or bad, it's going to affect the way we feel. So I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Me as well. And hide your kids, hide your wife. Football season is almost here. For House MD, I am MC Money. Thank you for listening to Finsider Radio. We'll talk to you next time. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Get to the
everything for back to school zebra lunchbox check cool adidas gear like t-shirts shoes and backpacks check triceratops folders and pencils check laser cat t-shirts check get your back to school shopping done now at amazon.com slash back to school and enjoy free shipping on millions of items no need to leave your home or hassle with crowds amazon.com no better place to get everything back to school from a to z Now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, pick up a bottle of Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale for $7.99. Plus, earn double O Rewards points. Help your engine run smoother and last longer with Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, I'm Anil Dash, and I'm the host of a new show called Function from the Vox Media Podcast Network and Glitch. This season, we're talking with experts about why our voting machines are so bad and how that might hurt our elections. We'll also talk with an animator to find out how popular dances from the real world end up in video games. And we're going to tackle the biggest question in tech. Why do so many celebrities use screenshots from that Apple Notes app to make their public apologies when they screw up? You can find new episodes of Function every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks to Microsoft Azure for sponsoring Function. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. 
But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.